0: Welcome to Pierce the Podcast, I'm Mike.
1: And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 210. Oh, is it 210? It is 210. Yeah. We just did two, 209, I haven't right? switched
0: pages. I had the old page on my desk.
1: Oh, you got the old notes. Yes. Yeah. 210, it whoa! Is 210. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> Part of the reason why I was a little confused is because uh, it's been a while since you've messed up the, uh, the, the number, and so Heaven. I was like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe he's wrong, because... Maybe I,
1: maybe I decided to be disciplined about my episode mm, numbers. Proud of you, proud of you. <laughs> so, all right, hey. So we're doing an update episode, and you know we've been doing a lot of update episodes. But there's a lot going on in Q4. And it's been it's been crazy. I, th- these last few days have just been insane. So, but I'm interested in in what what's happening with you these days. Um, man. I mean,
0: it's been it's been just more of the same. It's been really hard to source. Uh, just because thrift stores have had, they've been pretty strict with their lines.
1: One of ours shut down yeah, for you know, a week.
0: Did we, you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. there was, a, I think, an outbreak at one of them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it makes it difficult when that's how you're sourcing. And so uh, what I have noticed, though, is my, a lot of my local listings have been doing a lot better. Part of that is, I think, just the Q4. Uh, people are looking for certain things. Uh, some of the items I'm selling and I started listing was season specific, right? So it's always like a key is to make sure you're listing things in, in the right season. Uh, so that's been helping. But um, I mean, it's been obnoxious a little bit. I finally get what you're saying. I mean, I've always kind of felt like local can be annoying, but sometimes it's worth it not having to pay the the fee, especially for big things, right? Where it's like, yeah. I could sell this for $120 locally and it's cash and I don't have to worry about shipping and I don't have to worry about you know eBay taking fees. Uh, but yeah, it, it can be a nightmare when you're dealing with people like, well, I can only meet on this time and this date or this location. And you're it's like that back and forth. Uh, but I've had a lot of local sales, which have been really helpful just because, again, it's nice just to get that cash in hand. Uh, but, um, you know, overall, I mean, it's, it's just been a pretty good, consistent, lots of sales coming through, a lot of high end sales coming through on our eBay. So typically, like, you know, the bread and butter items, it's like, net profit. But we've had a lot of things sell recently where it's like, Hey, we're making like $40 or $50 net profit on, on most of our sales, uh, which, you know, that's, that's been, it's been nice. It's, and that's the thing. It's,
1: it's going to be hard to crash because I'm telling you, I am already sad. I was sharing this with somebody the other day that I am loving the hustle of Q4. Like, I, I just, I love it. Like, I I live for, I hate saying that, I live for this, but, you know, especially with the cargo van, I've loved traveling all throughout California and just finding stuff. It's just been all staying in hotels, you know, picking up stuff and within minutes it's selling. I mean, it's it's so much fun and I've never experienced it as I've experienced this, this time around. So, yeah, I understand the, the thrifting part because... Again, I've said this before, I drive through thrift stores and I see these lines and especially the ones that we go to. And I'm just like, ah, I, I don't know if I want to wait in those lines right now. Right. And so I, I agree with you with, you know, I may be doing eBay sourcing in January. Like I, I'll still go to garage sales. Don't get me wrong. I miss garage sales. I, I've shared on Instagram some nice sales. Uh, do you remember what that Big Mouth Billy Bass thing was? Do you remember those? Yeah.
0: The ones so- that would sing.
1: Yeah. So I shared this on Instagram. I just sold one for $85. I picked it up at a garage sale for five bucks. It was a Christmas one too. Right. And man, those things always sell. And I love those kind of finds. Right. Because, you know, you might find that at a thrift store, but this was like new in package. It was fine. I mean, there was wear on it, so I couldn't send it to Amazon, but I miss those garage sale finds. Pretty much all my high dollar eBay sales are garage sales. Right, every once in a while it might be a thrift store. Sometimes retail arbitrage, but most of the time, it's those garage sales. But Amazon has been off the charts. Uh, you know, merchant fulfilled. I'm so glad I did the. uh, You know that there was that trial period where you had to do the 25 sales in order to qualify to sell toys. Now, I say this right now, so those of you that are listening that haven't done Amazon. I strongly encourage you to do this for next year. Like think about what you're hearing now and that, Hey, try little by little try in the new year. It may, maybe it's a new resolution that you're going to try Amazon because the, I've said this before, the velocity on Amazon in comparison to eBay when it comes to the hot toys and so on, it doesn't even, doesn't even compare. I have shared this in the last podcast. I've had items that are ranked 32 K that within 10 minutes of me listening on Amazon are already selling. I mean, I'm getting in my van, putting it in the back and I'm driving for a little bit and I hear the whatever weird cha-ching sound Amazon has. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So I've never done merchant fulfilled on the road, but I got to tell you, it's kind of nice because you feel that it's work. It's, It's different than when you source, thrift stores on the road. Like I love sourcing thrift stores on the road. Don't get me wrong. I think it's awesome. I'm going to do it. But you don't see that money until maybe a month later, you know, not until you list it and everything you get back home. The, the Amazon stuff is, you know, you're on the road, you find the store in the middle of nowhere, you pick up a bunch of stuff, you list it on Amazon and it cha-ching, whatever the sound makes. And you're like, "Whoa, this crazy!" so it motivates you to keep going and keep going and keep going and keep going. And so I've been doing that. And I'm going to keep doing more of that. And I mentioned this in the past podcast. I'm going to keep doing stuff until probably the 22nd. So hopefully sometime in there, I have a Christmas tree set up. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel bad because COVID kind of killed the nostalgia of Christmas for me. Mm. Are you feeling any of that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, things are obviously different. Like there's a lot of our traditions just are, it's stuff's closed. Like we typically go bowling on Christmas Eve. Really? Yeah. That's an awesome tradition. And that we can't do that. And then we go ice skating after bowling. And then there's a pizza place we go to. And like, there's all these things that are closed now. Right. And so it kind of changes. It changes the Christmas. And I mean, that might even be something to be thinking about as resellers are. What are ways that you can or, or, niches and i don't want to like give any away because there's a couple i've been thinking about and kind of dabbling in but what are niches you can get involved in that can kind of connect people to as many christmas traditions as possible or holiday traditions whatever the holiday is uh, because they're going to be missing a lot of things right if they're used to going to the store and seeing santa and they're used to doing this and all these things that they might normally do well what are the other things that they might be able to do at home right is it is it you know gingerbread houses is it like there's certain things that that People are not going to want to lose because they've already lost so much. So maybe it's like, well, we don't normally do gingerbread houses, but, and so I guess I'm giving like, a you know, just an example one, but we don't normally do gingerbread houses, but everything else Christmas has been taken away from me. been dropped. Yeah. Uh, So I'm doing gingerbread houses. And so, you know, that might be something to be thinking about is kits and things like that, that you can pick up and sell. uh, Now granted, this
1: is dropping literally like a week before Christmas.
0: Right, right. You know, so it it might be too late for you, but that's the kind of way you've got to be thinking. And that's so much of reselling is just the mindset. is constantly thinking, how have things changed? Uh, I mean, we've talked about chess recently, right? Because of that. Oh, your bolo.
1: Good... People have thanked us in the DMs for your really? bolo. That's yeah, good. It's been good. Um,
0: so I, I've I've kind of been intrigued. Uh, I, I've I've played chess for years and years, but it's been a while since I've I've done it like um, consistently. And one of the things I liked and that I love about the game of chess is there's this constant tension where you make a move, you've got your ideas of what's going to happen, and then the other player makes a move and instantly you're forced, if you don't, you're gonna lose the game. You're forced to stop and say, how have things changed, right? I can't just continue on my path, maybe I can, but I need to now look, has has the situation now changed? Has the board state changed? Are they threatening something that wasn't threatened before? Is there a piece now? And so you're forced every single move that the other person makes, uh, you have to reevaluate, has things, have things changed? Do I need to change where I'm attacking? Do I need to change how I'm defending? And it's that mindset, and I, I love the, the the mental exercise of that. And so much of reselling is that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Is, is constantly thinking: How have things changed this week? How have things changed in my city? How have things changed in my state? How are what, what's popular on Netflix right now? What are the kids watching and listening to? And so, if you're not stopping and every once in a while reflecting and saying, um, what can I do right now to capitalize on the current situation? Because that situation is going to be gone. Like you said, by the time this episode drops, it's probably too late to be sending that stuff out, right? Or to be sourcing that stuff. Uh, but but if you'd have been thinking about that a week ago, maybe not, right? And so you've constantly have to be reevaluating that stuff. And so, um, yeah, I mean, what are, what are the bolos right now as we're getting into... Oh,
1: I'm about to talk about those later on. Uh, well, there we go. Let's hold on. All right. All right, so I also wanted to say, you know, again in retrospect, I'm grateful, and I and I'm not saying that I, I feel bad whenever I say that I strategically did something well, because I'm I'm not trying to be braggadocious about it. But I listed so much on eBay before Q4 hit, like, and I I found so many new tag items. You know, I was going to Nordstrom Rack, I was going to. You know all the off-price stores. I was going to all these places in anticipation that I wanted eBay and Amazon to do well, and it's it's done well. I mean, I haven't done I haven't listed in a, probably three to four weeks, and I'm making just as much on eBay as I would if I was listing. It's been crazy. Now, in the midst of all this, I did hire a helper, and she's already started listing. Nice. So, I'm actually kind of getting ready for January, but this is what i want to say about that so this is my let's see one two three this is my my fifth helper i've, I've ever hired so i had one helper and she's been awesome and i'm probably you know i'll touch base with her again but because of covid you know we went our separate ways and and that didn't happen i hired two other helpers that i had to let go uh, just because it just you know the quality wasn't there and and so on and then i had another helper that i had to let go and so this helper. She's sharp, you know, I, 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 she understood everything. It's, this is what I'll say. When you hire a helper, you want somebody that you don't have to go step by step with everything, right? Somebody that just figures it out. Now I will say while I was training her, I'm like, "What? why don't I have a manual? Like, why, why am I spending, like, this is pretty basic stuff. And so, uh, Chris, uh, daily refinement on Instagram, we've had him on the podcast. We interviewed him before. And he, he's talked about before how he has manuals for his employees. And I thought, I need to just make one. Because the stuff I was telling her, I, I told everybody else. And actually, this time around, I was better about it. Like, my training session only took an hour, where before it would take two to three hours. Now, this helper, she is, you know, she's pretty unique. She's a, a shady student in school. Um, she's still in high school. Uh, she is really responsible, like, you know, it's kind of one of those, you know, I when I used to teach AP classes, I used to joke about AP classes are awesome because you literally could just be in the other room on a break and those students would teach themselves. Mm. Right. So and and by the way, you I would strongly recommend that of everything when you're hiring somebody, they have to be somebody that has integrity, trustworthy, loyal, whatever you want to call it, and responsible. Like about, because you can always teach the basics of I mean I had to teach her, hey, this you gotta use square photos for eBay. Here's how you adjust the brightness. Uh, here's how you use, you know, here's here's Mua, but this is what you're gonna do on Mua. You're gonna create the draft. Here are some keywords. D- don't, you know, don't change this, but you know, put the measurements here. This is how you do it. I mean, it was pretty basic, but you know, what ended up happening was we had some major technical difficulties. eBay servers were not uh working with multi, the multi-user access account. So I did all this training. I showed her how to do a listing and I left. And then hours later I get this text and just basically said, Hey, I figured everything out. Computer works. I'm going to start listing and boom, I go, I go to my phone and all I do is I see all these drafts and I'm like, all right, this is, this is working out. So I'm looking at my drafts right now. Not too bad. She listening to a bunch of good stuff.
0: Yeah. So that's good. And, and one of the things, uh, that was mentioned on the daily refinement podcast we had too, which I thought was pretty interesting. I'd maybe do a little bit more uh, because I think he said it was like a $5 Starbucks card or something. Mm. But once you have something like a manual, here's my procedures. Here's, here's the, the way to do this. I need to be able to explain to somebody in like one page or like, you know, two minutes, like how to do this procedure. And then you go and beyond that and say, if you can improve my procedure, if you can go through my manual and say like, here's a better way of doing this. And mm. and not that you're like trying to That's get them good. to change yeah. everything, but if they could say like, Hey, actually, if I click this button and do this, it, it's like 10 seconds faster. And it's a little easier than trying to go through this, this link and then this link, right? All right. Update my manual. You, you've improved it. Here's a $25 Walmart or Amazon card or something, because one, it's going to help you. And then two, you're, if you do something like that, like if you get to the point where you're hiring employees or you're hiring helpers, you building a manual like that, if you make it a living document, uh, it's 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 worth its weight in gold because then the next person that comes, if if uh, you had a good helper, maybe they helped improve your your processes. They added some things as eBay changes. They update it. Then the next person that comes in, you've you've got it ready to go. You're not reteaching from scratch and having to go through everything. So if if it over time is constantly improving and the way you do things improves, and you don't have to be the one always doing the improvements. But if they're like, hey, I'm doing these pictures every day, and I notice that if I do this one first, or if I this is a faster way of removing backgrounds or whatever it is, then yeah, give them the 25 bucks because over time it's gonna save you a lot more than that.
1: Agreed, agreed. And I do, I do give a raise pretty quick. Mm-hmm. If I see quality work, I start them at a certain wage because I don't want them to go somewhere else. Right. So if they do quality work, I'll I'll pay them because you got to think about the long term. Finding a solid helper is pretty difficult, mm-hmm. right? Somebody, I mean, I'm dropping off inventory. Right. And and I'm trusting that this person is going to take care of my inventory. They're going to list it accurately. They're going to give me a quick turnaround time. And so, you know, it's going to be good. And actually, I was thinking about this uh, the other day. Was it was I talking to you? Who was I talking about? Oh, I was, I was talking to somebody else at the reseller in, in our area. And he had mentioned that he's been using, you know, VAs and so on. But he needs somebody to take pictures. And I said, hey, listen, if she does quality work, you could probably hire her too. Right. And it gives her more incentive to stay and you know it's a quicker way to scale so stay tuned i'm hoping to get my listings up to 3k uh by february but we'll see what happens
0: yeah i wonder if uh this might be uh i don't know i don't want to i don't want to pigeonhole us into saying we'll do something like this but um why not like because a lot of people do have have helpers like as a community like we should either one develop as a community Uh like a good guideline of here's how to do things or we work on making like basically the listing on ebay for dummies manual where it's like 20 pages of pictures and how to do it where anybody can use uh so when you have a helper you can kind of just hand it to them and if it's a living document that you can just update uh you know that might be something that that might be a pure hustle podcast exclusive you know i think ebay has videos too yeah somewhere for sure but yeah but that's the thing though is if you if you're having to hunt a bunch of different places but yeah if you can just have like here's one document open it up or you know here's Here's, I mean, cause we have,
1: like if, if you're trying to like a, uh, uh, a trainer, if we should, why are we sharing this on the podcast?
0: That's fine. I mean, cause we'll, you know, I doubt other people are going to do it. And if they do good for them, cause they, we've just told them they should be making a manual. That is true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we can, uh, uh, let's just, let's just do it good. And then, you know, we can, uh, we could we could put it out there to maybe, maybe for our, 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 our coffee shop people, and all the maybe, people in our coffee shop. Let's we'll see what happens. So.
1: All right. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, there's a lot going, it's crazy that I hired somebody at the height of Q4. So, and by the way, I, I get this question all the time. Like, how did you find this person? That's just called a seasonal employee, right? And people hire at the height of Q4 all the time. No, no. Yeah. But she's not, listen, she does great work. It's going to, cause I, I've been wanting to scale eBay. I just COVID kind of, you know, I, I learned how to do everything on my own, but you know, I want to be able to scale some more. So, I want to answer this because I get this question all the time whenever I talk about helper. Like, how do you find your helper? So the reason I know I, I was able to come across this individual is because a good friend of mine, it's it's his niece. That's it. He just said, Hey, my niece is looking for work. You know, I was wondering if if you know you're still looking for somebody, blah, blah, blah. And that's how it happened. I'm always a big fan of it has to be somebody with somebody within your community that people can vouch for. Like I know, other people say, you know, do Craigslist ads, do I don't know. To me, it's too sketchy to go down that road. You know, say so keep it in the in the in the family.
0: Yeah. The other thing, like you said, though, the danger of that is uh, Thanksgiving meals might not taste the same.
1: Yeah, but there's also it's also on the other side. There's there's a there's loyalty involved. Like you 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 know, it's it's more than money.
0: So you've had five you've had five helpers so far, and you've mm-hmm. had to fire three of them.
1: Yeah. And the three were not within, from within the family. No, I mean, are they extended family? You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, but if one of them was, but we haven't gotten that, but even then my first helper who I haven't talked to in a while, like we're, I'm still good. I still talk to her every once in a while. I still talk to her parents. Like we're all good, you know? So, all right. Any random stories you got to share?
0: Um, I mean, one that's kind of interesting. So uh, we've been doing an advent calendar with my son um and it's cool we got a lego one for him this year last year Bolo, yeah
1: if it's the right one
0: right no for sure so last year we got him a um a hot wheel advent calendar and he loved it but he didn't quite understand it now he's 3 so he's still not quite getting it but every day at some point during the day he's like I want to open my calendar book he calls it his calendar book because <laughs> like it opens up and then he, he has to punch out the thing and so i build the legos with him each morning and it's kind of fun to do but um we're well into the advent season, right? Like we're already into like more than halfway through now. And it's interesting because um, I can't remember how you pronounce the name of the company, but I, I talked to several podcasts ago about uh, the, I think it's the Schleich or whatever it is. the Schleich. Something like that. Something. Yeah.
1: I, you know what? Actually, I could play it on air if I could find it. I feel really bad. We had two people that actually voicemailed us. How to how say it? How to say it.
0: Oh, okay. Well. Maybe next time. Maybe next time.
1: Thank you guys, you, by the way, for you sharing You know I
0: don't. And I actually finally saw that. I was at a Barnes & Noble and I saw that brand. So it is a brand that's sold here, um, but it's it's you know primarily a German brand. And one of the items that was in there was actually the, the main one that made me look at this box that I bought was an advent calendar. And I think I bought this in, maybe it was November, maybe it was the end of October, something like that. And I'm like, oh, we're coming up into advent season. This will be, this is goodbye. And so I bought it and it sold and it was new in box, fine. And, you know, we showed pictures, I think like on the the side of the box, like part of the tape on like one of the edges was like lifting up a little bit, but it was like fine, right? Um, and and we we said like that the the boxes, here's the condition of the box. Um, the person buys it and they want a, a refund on it almost immediately, right? They're like, this cool. is not new in box. And they like, like peeled back the tape and like open it. And like we're looking into the blister packs here and we don't think like, You know, it it looks like maybe these are open. None of them were open. Like we gave them the refund. We got it back. We look at it. All of the blister packs on the inside that you'd have to poke out. They're all closed. They're all sealed. Like it's this brand new. And in the sense that it hasn't been open, right? Like that's typically what you're looking at. An advent calendar like that for for the most part is probably not a collector's item. Like people are going to punch the boxes and open up. So as long as the toys are in each one of the each one of the containers. Well, we're like, well, I mean, bummer because basically we got it back like. Right, at the beginning of December, like, oh, well, it's probably done now. Well, it sold a couple of days ago. Again, full price. Nobody even like you know tried to, to try to make offers on it, and I'm like, what? Is, like, is we're halfway through the advent? I know season. That, that is that weird. I just so, sold one too, like last week. Yeah, so I'm like, maybe they're just gonna like do them all at once, and they just want the toys that are inside because they missed it, or maybe they're thinking next year. I don't know. Uh, who knows, but it's kind of weird to think that like in the, like it just goes to show like you never know. Like it's obviously there's a peak season. Advent calendars are probably selling most in November uh, towards the beginning, uh, right before the beginning of December, late part of November. Uh, but in the middle of December, you still might sell Advent calendars. It's a thing.
1: Yeah. And I find that if you sell on eBay, you don't get a return. But if you sell on Amazon, you get returned to Advent calendars. It's I could shady. see that. Now. You know why I think some people buy it? Maybe they're like my family. I remember growing up, we did nothing for Christmas until Christmas Eve day. Mm. We bought the Christmas tree. We got ornaments. We set up all on that day. And even right now, I'm hoping that doesn't happen in my own home. But, you know, we're past mid-November and I still haven't gotten a tree. So, you know, who knows? But I'm hoping by... At least five days before Christmas would be awesome. It's been a busy Q4. and even my my son was like, "Dad, it's COVID. Like nothing's normal. Anyways, who cares?" I'm like, oh, "No, don't say that. I only have four more years with you in my house." So yeah, he's been he's been clear with me that he's moving out at eighteen. So that, just wait, man. There you go. Yeah,
0: so, no, which I, I'm,
1: I'm glad he needs to go. He needs to go if he wants to go, or if he goes to college. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of you know, just freeloading or freeload. Like I want to be out. I want to be independent, but you know,
0: yeah, it's going to be a sad day when, uh, when my son gets to that point, you
1: got time though,
0: but the it flies. time goes fast. It, yeah. it, it
1: do- telling you it does. And I know this is not what this podcast is about, but you know, there's this awesome stage when they're teenagers, if they're still okay with you or like you actually get to like, Hey, here's the movies I watched or here's the games I play. You know, like it's weird. Like yeah. you, you, you just know,
0: gotta be able to reciprocate, right? And you gotta listen to them when they say, Here's the games that I play and oh, yeah, go yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's silly, that's dumb, and, and sit down and go, Oh, that's cool, even if you're like this game is dumb. But you know,
1: like watching Mandalorian with my son is pretty cool. Nice. Mandalorian's pretty cool. That's anyways, it's not what this podcast is about, but we should do a mystery science hey, thing with Mandalorian.
0: Maybe Mandalorian is uh is is Bolo, right? So we can talk about it. That's fine.
1: That's true. Baby Yoda. I know I do have like thirty plush baby Yodas that I need to sell soon, but they're ranked super low, it. they'll sell the moment I list them. So, all right, another bolo been dropped. If you can find them, all right. So my story, so my story is more of a documenting of what I've learned about Amazon, and maybe it'll help some of you. So two things I've been in play. So the Amazon Buy Box is as mysterious as eBay's Cassini and Cassini is supposedly the algorithm or whatever the name, I don't know what it is, but that's what you call it on eBay. Right. And we talk about the algorithm all the time. You know, if one of the funniest things on Instagram is the, the, the GIF for uh, when you type in algorithm in the stories, it says praise the algorithm. Like, we kind of do that on eBay, right? Mm-hmm. We got to do everything for the algorithm because the algorithm does help. But the Amazon buy box is strange. And here's some things I learned this Q4 so far. So I had this hot item that was selling for an obnoxious price for for a long time. Now, I treat Amazon like I treat my stocks. Like I will buy a little bit at a time at stocks, right? And then, uh, you know, it'll go up. And then when it dips again, I'll buy some more right? And so I'm always buying, right? And and every once in a while, I'll sell. so I do a little bit of the opposite on Amazon and Amazon, I'll sell a little bit just in case, cause I'm always worried when Amazon is going to be in stock with something like who knows, right? So I'm always selling, but I'm not, I'm just selling a little bit at a time. I'll sell four units in one day and these are low ranking items. So, you know, I can sell them whenever I want, right? If I drop the price to the bottom, Usually, so but here's the thing, so I noticed another person on this listing put their item at about fifty dollars higher than mine. No, not even fifty. It was like sixty. I'm like, this is weird. So is this person just gonna he is he waiting till the end of Q4 where everybody's like, I need to get this, and he's gonna you know he's gonna be the one guy left out of everybody, and he's gonna sell through it. And so I'm like, this is kind of strange. So you know, I've been tracking it. And then, you know, I was kind of worried about Amazon because Amazon showed up on the listing once. And I'm like, oh, no, like when Amazon gets on a listing, sometimes they don't go away or sometimes they'll sporadically sell out and they'll come back, sell out. So you got to sell in the gaps, right? Basically, Amazon retail arbitrage is is selling in the gaps. That's all you're doing. And so I noticed this person never budge on the price then I noticed they disappeared from the listings. I'm like, that's weird. I wonder if they weren't getting the price they wanted. You know, I'm wondering if they just sold it on another platform. I'm like, I'm wondering what's happening. So, you know, I, it ended up getting that there's only a handful of people on the listing. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be able to sell mine for top dollars. So I'm going to put my price at the highest price. And, you know, I'll just wait till everybody else tells through. That same day, my item was selling at the highest price. Hmm. I'm like what what is going on?" And it kept selling and it kept selling and it kept selling. I'm like, this is interesting. I wonder I wonder if I could keep doing this. so i I went to other items that I was selling on Amazon, and you know, I had sold through some of them and then I listed those items for ten to fifteen dollars more, and it kept selling at that price and it kept selling at the price. So I'm like, wait a second. And I knew this kind of already, but the buy box is not highly dependent on just the lowest price. Some people have talked about the buy boxes tied into your history on Amazon, your sell through rate on Amazon, your IPI score on Amazon. There's just a, it's kind of like on eBay with the algorithm, right? Free returns, operated seller, you know, pictures, all this stuff play the part. And I'm like, wait a second. So is that a repricer killer then at this point? I have not used a repricer all Q4. Hmm. That's another thing I was going to share. Well, we have a special Q4 episode. We always drop in January, but yeah. So the people that are using repricers may be losing money, right? Because on this item, so this person sold this sold. So here's, here's my theory. I sold, I probably lost at least 2k selling mine at the lowest price. Now I made that up later because everybody just sold out and I was one of like three people on this listing. So I priced my stuff super high and here's what happened. My stuff wasn't selling when I went super high.
0: That, that makes sense.
1: Well, it does and it doesn't because if, if it scarcity is an issue, right? Aren't people going to pay top dollar for my item?
0: Well, not if there's a lower price available. Well, But there, but there,
1: there was a point where like I was the only prime person Hmm.
0: and it wasn't selling,
1: but then I dropped it to the second highest price I put on. You know, when I, when I decided to bump it up and it kept selling and sure enough, within seconds they sold through. So I'm like, okay, so here's what I learned in all this is one is the lowest price does not guarantee the buy box. I think most people know that. Second, if you're consistently selling through and then you raise your price a little bit, you can still sell at that price. Three is I think this, that if you're an experienced reseller, because a person that had it at the highest price, they had like 41,000 feedback. So my guess is that person sold through everything at that highest price. Mm. And because the buy box favored them, because I've noticed... If you'll go on there and you'll see the lowest prices, like one item right now I'm looking at is $20. The buy box is at $28.99. So it could also mean geography, where your stuff is located. So anyways, this is all I'll say is be careful with your repricer and be careful at trying to be the lowest price consistently. I'm not saying don't be one of the lower prices because you want to sell through, right? You either sell first or you sell last. There is no in between, but be aware that you can still sell stuff on Amazon buy box at a good price. You don't have to go to the lowest every single time. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Like it was, I I learned a lot and I made a lot of money because I kept going up and up and up in my price. But here's the other thing too. Amazon, their fair price policy, they mean business because I've had items I picked up no listing on there. And I've listed it for, let's say the item, you know, at its at its peak was selling at 40. I listed it at 60. Amazon wouldn't let me list it. 50 wouldn't let me list it. Put it at 40, listed it. So unless you're a brand new reseller on on, on a listing, you can't list an item high. Right? You have to basically list it at what it was previously listed at its highest price. And it's just the way it is. So be aware of that. And, and it, it kind of makes sense if Amazon is customer centric. You know, they want to keep sales. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm a big fan of the free market, but I don't know if this is a free market thing. I think it's Amazon's a business. They, they want to sell their stuff. They want customers coming back. They're going to push to have prices lower, you know,
0: so. I mean, you could sell it for whatever price you want, but you just won't get to use their program.
1: True. I mean, there's eBay. I saw people listing some stuff for higher prices on eBay and getting it on eBay. So,
0: all right. So that is
1: my, I hope, I hope that brought value. It was just, it was an interesting deep dive into the buy box on Amazon. All right. Are you ready for our next segment?
0: Let's do it. But don't we have some stuff to talk about first? We do.
1: So Mike is covering his shiny head.
0: Yeah. Well, there's actually a reason I've got my head covered today. So, um, I, before, um, I started using skull shaver, which is the, the, the best you've got to get a skull shaver. If you shave your head, uh, promo code pure. Uh, if you're watching, you can see it there on the screen. Um, the, I used to use like really good clippers, like they were professional grade clippers that that I could use, to like they do it for edging, barber shops, I paid like over a $100 for my clippers cause I shaved my head so oh. much. And th- it gets really, really close. And I would always shave once a week, I'd shave my head and then by the end of the week it kind of grow out a little bit. So I always loved like the first two or three days after I used the clippers on my head, because it was like, you know, that that's when I felt like I looked the best. I've started using the skull shaver and I wanted to see like how long after I after I shave my head with the skull shaver before I get to the point where it was day one with the clippers. And I'm on day three right now and if I were to take my hat off, Like this is what I used to shave my head down to, right? And I'm three days without shaving. Like Just think about that. Like I now can shave my head every three days and at my longest, I'm going to get to what I used to have as my best, right? That's how close skull shaver gets. And it's, it's, it's been a game changer for sure.
1: There you go. So if you want to pick up that, you know, perfect Christmas gift or you just for the, you know, just for yourself, go to skullshaver.com, use our code pure. Yeah. All right. Hey, if you haven't been following us on social media, we are pure. So podcast on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook, we got to give TikTok love. I haven't been on TikTok forever. So we'll be dropping stuff on TikTok eventually. It's just It's a busy time. It's a busy time. Uh, We're also Pierce Ocast on Twitter. You can always give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at piercepodcast at gmail.com. That's Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, uh, you can leave us uh, an iTunes review. We're always grateful for that. We have some great reviews on there, hoping to get to 400. And we have shirts available for sale. Thank you. Those of you have been buying sales since the last time we talked about this. I think it would be great to have that quality. They they are quality shirts, right? And we may have more merch coming in uh, next year. It's crazy that we're saying next year, which is only a few weeks away. And as always, if you want to say thank you in a monetary way uh, by signing up for a membership on BuyMeACoffee.com slash PureHustle, we're always grateful for that. Thank you to all of you since the last podcast that signed up. Actually, the numbers are, you know, they're constantly getting better. And so hopefully we're able to get to a certain place that we can begin to produce uh, more content that, you know, may be BuyMeACoffee content. So... We'll see where we're going. Again, the podcast will always be free, but, you know, there's always extras that we can do if, if time allows. So that's what we're willing to do. And again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash hustle. Right. Did I forget something in all that? Uh, probably, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> okay. no, no, you don't. You've got it down. you okay. got it down. All right. Uh, but.
1: It's only episode 210, you know. That's right.
0: Breaking news. The elves are working hard in the North Pole. However, Santa has said that, that Santa's shipments, shipments might be taking a little bit longer to get to you because uh, of the COVID season. Rolando, take it away.
1: All right. So the fact that you brought up shipping. So I got to tell you, until the last podcast, I did not know how bad Shipageddon was. Like I had no idea because my view is as long as I did my job and I sent stuff off, I'm good. Like I I don't worry about it, and maybe I'm naive, right? But I mean, there's I can't control, I can't I can't do anything about it. Now, I do love how eBay has stepped in. Uh, Amazon, I haven't seen anything from Amazon, but I'm sure they're gonna do something similar because COVID has helped out. <laughs> it's terrible to say COVID has helped out, but during COVID, people have figured out ways to, you know, a, a sale or is a sale the right word? Like asage, what is it? Yeah, the right yeah, word? yeah. Okay, sorry not assault, no. <laughs> assault buyers uh, in helping them with the shipping. But I love what, I love what eBay did because, you know, I, I truly believe while eBay is customer centric, which they should be and Amazon's customer centric centric. I do believe eBay does take steps and they're always taking steps to help out sellers. Somebody actually DM me the other time and said, you know, Orlando, it's kind of weird. eBay sided with me. And I'm like, why is that weird? And they said, well, I always hear that eBay sides with buyers. I'm like, uh, I don't know that to be true, because as long as you have everything taken care of, right? You know, everything's accurate. You're upfront with everything. You know, you have good feedback. Maybe top rated seller helps. I've always had eBay side with me. Only once did they not side with me on an obnoxious case. But that was years ago. So I find that eBay to me is way more on your side than most platforms now. What they've done with the shipping delays, if if they've made it that it will not ding you for shipping again, for the if you qualify for one of these three. So what they said is, if your tracking shows a physical carrier scan anytime within your stated handling time. So what that means, if you have same day handling, well then obviously that day there should be some kind of scanning. But let's say that doesn't happen, because this is what eBay says. You receive credit for shipping on time when any one of the following happens. So it has to be one of these three. So let's say you don't get that scan, right? I don't, I'm not getting scans, right? It depends on post office. If I go to my good post office, they'll scan everything for me. If I go to the crazy post office, they're not going to scan things for me, right? The second one was buyer answers yes to item arrived on time when leaving feedback. Okay. I don't know how often a buyer is going to do that if it's late, you know, but the third one is uh, the one I like says tracking shows a delivery scan within the latest delivery day for the shipping service selected. I think that's a good one too, because usually the shipping times are probably more than when you ship out, right? Usually I find that the case that they'll say, I'm expecting something's going to arrive by Thursday. And they'll usually say item will arrive between, you know, Thursday and Monday, right? So you're safe. So. Be aware it's one of those three. Either it shows tracking during your same day stated time or your shipping handling time. Buyer answers yes to an an item arriving on time when leaving feedback or tracking shows a delivery scan within the time allotted. If you do those three things, you should be good to go. Right. And again, we're doing this crazy time. You want to make sure you do everything to protect yourself. So I strongly encourage you. So at least do the first one, right? Get stuff shipped out on time during your handling, which chances are pretty great that they're gonna get scanned. Now, I got a question for you, Mike. Are you willing to stand at the post office till you get up to the front and they scan your items?
0: No, I'm. I'm not as bold as my wife, though. Like, I, I I'm able to like scoot my way in and finally get the uh, person's attention. Um, but I still will wait. You know, until like they look at me and acknowledge. Uh, my wife is very bold. Um, and so a lot of times if we're dropping off packages at the post office, uh, she'll just say, you just wait in the car and she'll take the packages in. It's kind of sad, Um, but she, <laughs> she'll, uh, she, cause she has no shame. And so she'll just, she'll just walk right up to the counter while they're helping somebody and put it on and then walk out. And it's like, they're already, it's already paid for it. And they're like, okay. And then they scan it and we're good. Uh, and so, yeah, I, we, we don't wait in line if it's already been, if we've already paid for it, if we've already got the paid shipping. Uh, typically because we know where the drop-offs are in, in the post offices we frequent. Uh, and yeah, we get looks from people, but a lot of times it's because they don't realize like, you know, you can, I mean, one time we she walked in and there's a, a line basically at the door. She walked up to the machine, she had to buy stamps. She went up to the, the, the self-vending kiosk machine. Yeah. She bought stamps and walked out and the person was like, you can do that. And she's like, yeah, like I've been in this line for a half hour and that's all I needed was stamps. Yeah. So. if you're a
1: new reseller, by the way, Labels at home. Yeah. Do your labels at home. Seriously. Labels at home. I, I dropped a picture on Instagram a few days ago and the net line was obnoxious. like 25 people in line. I'm like, you, you, time is money. Now I know some people argue, like I will go up to the counter and I'll wait till they scan every single one. I personally can't during Q4. I can't. So you got to find your level, right? If, if you're shipping out 50 to hundred packages a day, probably not the call to make, right? If you're, it's a handful, maybe it's worth it to, you You know, you got to find what works for you. So, so I'm grateful that eBay has done that. I I do think it is a a seller centric thing to do now. They are changing up shipping things, which I think is a good thing. So they're just doing it with sports cards for now, but, uh, they are actually doing, is it for any just sports card or trading cards? So for right now, so trading cards for right now, right? I'm hoping this will change. And I'll explain why. So what they're doing now is you can send a single ungraded card price of $20 and under up to three ounces shipped in a US envelope with tracking included for less than a dollar.
0: Yeah. No, that's really good because they've got a, they're realizing that they need to compete with some other sites. So I've bought lots of cards off of other sites. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I've purchased cards and sold cards on eBay too, but um, for instance, like right now there's uh, Star City Games, there's TCG Player, there's Channel Fireball, there's all these other websites that people go to for their Pokémon, their Yu-Gi-Oh, their Magic the Gathering trading cards. And I'm sure there's other sites that are big for for sports cards as well. And the nice thing with these sites is they're very competitive with with the shipping. Uh so they they'll have things set up where if you're buying from one store, like you can like put things together and then it ships for free if you pay more than $14, or if you're buying singles, like the shipping is really low on it whereas yeah, if you're when I when I sell singles on eBay, I have no incentive to sell singles that aren't worth like $30, 40 $50 because yeah, I'm, by the time I actually pad it good enough so that it's not gonna bend and break, if I'm just selling a five dollar card, I'm not gonna make any money because nobody's yeah. gonna spend the six dollars it's gonna cost to ship it. So the fact that shipping is now gonna be 99 cents per card that gets sent out, if it's a single, um, now I have a little bit more incentive to sell cards that are. Five ten dollars cards because I can be more competitive in the the shipping cost.
1: And you have tracking now, yeah, right, which is kind of nice. So the new service is exclusive on the eBay Labels platform and will allow you to meet eBay's top rated plus requirements, which is great too. Uh, which includes additional perks. So this starts in January, by the way. There's actually a YouTube video. If you go to uh, you know the eBay community and you go to seller announcements, it'll be on there. My hope though is that this will apply to other things. For example, badges. Like I sell badges all the time, right? And you know, badges are less than three ounces. Right. And most of the time the badges I end up selling are less than ten bucks. I usually buy, you know, I have Boy Scout badges. I bought like a hundred for fifty bucks. And, you know, I've already made my money, but I probably would have sold a lot more if I didn't end up charging, you know. The four dollars for shipping.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if they'll do it though, and the reason I think that that okay. it might not just be across the board with any item that's like in that.
1: Well, what about postcards? You know,
0: well maybe, but the reason why I think is because trading cards and sports cards are are is, is such a big market, mm-hmm. and people don't look always to eBay for them. I mean, they will like sports cards. People are going to look to eBay to an extent. But like I said if you're if you're a hardcore Magic the Gathering player, you're a hardcore Pokemon player, unless you're looking for like a $600 card that's like really rare and you want it graded, you're usually not looking to eBay. You're looking to a site that's selling these cards for maybe a dollar or $5 each and the shipping is really low or you can get a whole bunch of them and then the shipping is only like a dollar to ship like 10 cards to you and you're picking your singles out that might only be a dollar each. And so people aren't looking to eBay for that, but if they can if they can capture some of that market they're going to be okay with losing a little bit of money because if all of a sudden people who are into Pokemon, into Magic the Gathering, into Yu-Gi-Oh, into these trading cards or into sports cards say, "I'm looking to eBay first because they have the same prices and they've got bigger selection," then they're tapping into a really, really big market that they can pull from. I don't think other things have as big of a following. Like, there's going to be people who collect badges. There's going to be people who collect postcards. Those are markets that they already have on eBay. But I, I think people know to look to eBay if they're if they're Buying, you know, po- uh, okay. stamps, right? Like if they collect stamps, they know to look to eBay. But um, if you're a, if you play trading card games, you almost never look to eBay to fill out your deck on items. Right. And that's a big loss for eBay. But if they can bring in that huge market of customers to say, yeah, I shop on eBay when I get my cards.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it's a great point. And, and eBay I do appreciate. I always talk about Jordan Sweetum. Like I want him on the podcast. I <laughs> he's always making these announcements. I I think eBay is thinking forward. Like I think about what they did with the sneaker market. You know, uh, S- StockX right had you know claimed to be you know the next big thing and and go to, and then eBay's like you know what we're not going to charge fees on anything over a hundred and we're going to do <laughs> eBay sneaker authentication. Totally change the game, right? Totally change the game. So. So I thought that was great. All right. Uh, next thing. Uh, so I'm seeing this everywhere. Have you sold stuff on Facebook and shipped it? I haven't. No. Okay. Now, so we've brought this up before, but this Q4, I've seen all kinds of people talking about this and I was not a believer. I mean, I, I we have some good friends of the podcast who have messaged me and said, Orlando, you got to get on in on this. And I've just been so busy with eBay and Amazon. I haven't taken the opportunity to. But. If you haven't yet, I, I'd I I'd strongly encourage you to, especially right now, Facebook is still offering free shipping. So it'd be, it'd be worth it to you. And usually I don't, you know, shout out other YouTube channels, but uh, the College Picker, good friend of the podcast, Eric, he just put together a video on how to do Facebook shipping, uh, which is really his stuff is always super helpful. So check it out. Uh, if, if you're kind of intimidated and going like, how do I buy the labels? Is my stuff protected? Blah, 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 blah. You know, you still got a few days here of Q4 and you might be able to make some good sales. I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about they had stuff sitting on eBay for a while and they listed it on Facebook and it sold within minutes right now. I say all that saying that I don't know if Facebook is at a place yet to have the velocity of Amazon or eBay but I am definitely going to be looking more into it in January. I already set up a Facebook shop. I just haven't done anything else with it yet. You know, that's, and Facebook shop and selling on Facebook marketplace are two different things, by the way. Facebook shop is your own social media store that you sell your goods at. Facebook messenger, I mean, Facebook marketplace is. you know, it could be like Orlando's personal Facebook page selling stuff. Unless I create my own, you know, Facebook page.
0: Yeah, but but usually like it's almost works more like an offer up because I, I sell a lot of things on Facebook. Yeah, and I don't ever list any of it on my Facebook, right? Like I know they encourage. Oh, I see you what to, you're saying, yeah, but it's, yeah. it's 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 literally you have to be just searching things. Don't they the see your profile? At least your picture. Yeah, they see your picture, but I mean, I've got a private account. I mean, they yeah. see your picture if you're on offer up too.
1: That's true. That's well, no, they see my. I actually don't have a picture. I have an avatar. An <laughs> avatar.
0: I mean, you can make your avatar for your your Facebook, that's right? True, like that's true. Okay. Okay. But, but definitely
1: look into it now. I see all that because there's this article that came out, which has been making around on social media and people have been talking about it, uh, about Poshmark. And I've been saying this for a long time. I, I don't believe that Poshmark, if you're going to go full time, I think it's one of the hardest platforms to go full time on. I've always said that I think you, on Amazon, I think it's totally doable. And on eBay, totally doable. But you know, there's an article that came out and it was making the rounds on social media, and a lot of people were talking about it. This and a lot of, uh, I guess you can say, resale influencers were hopping on board, saying, "Yeah, this is this is true." Like it's Poshmark. If you want to go full time, it's good to maybe cross post to or maybe have it as a side, but as your main source, it's it's pretty tough. Now, this article follows up with an with a nurse who. You know, was intrigued with Poshmark a few years ago. It's called uh, "Get Rich Selling: Use Fashion Fashion Online" or "Cry Trying," uh, and it was put out by Wired. And we'll, we'll put the link below on our YouTube. Well, I'll put it on there. That's where he posts this. And basically, you know, was talking about her and her. She's a she's married. She has a couple of kids, and was a nurse. Nurses make good money. I mean, I guess it depends on what part of the country you're in, but I don't know if I would go full time selling if I was a nurse. But me, you know, maybe it's stressful. So basically, you know, was very intrigued by Poshmark, got into Poshmark, you know, got into the whole, you know, girl boss, posh, 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 uh, movement, uh, was happy, got to her store to a place of, you know, could make 10,000 a month. Uh, but then just talked about how Poshmark overtook her life. Like she had bins of clothes throughout the house. It felt like she could never get enough done had to actually hire somebody to do all the sharing over closets and it just, it was just all too consuming. And I thought it was a great article as a warning of like how reselling can consume your life. Like right now, reselling has consumed my life, but that's right now that's Q4. Like I I'm expecting that because there's no better time for me to capitalize on reselling. But during the year, if you watch us on Instagram, you see me, I travel. Like I, I go places with my kids, I go traveling and I do sourcing, but I don't share all the time I spend with, you know, friends and family during that time. But, you know, I had talked about how much work it took where she lost focus and like everything was just reselling. And that's all that happened. And eventually, it's not because of Poshmark, but eventually she doesn't, she ends up divorced. She's on her own. She's single now. Uh, But she's actually, from all the skills she learned about sharing and the social media part of Poshmark, She's a social media manager now, but she enjoys her life a lot more because she has her weekends back and she has her time back and she doesn't hustle as hard to make a full time living. And so basically the article was that a lot of people get pulled in and think they can make it happen on Poshmark uh, to go fully online and it just becomes a major struggle. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
0: We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting a
1: scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Cellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Cellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Cellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers two five. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code Pure Hustle25.
0: Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, reselling just in general, it's one of those things that definitely can control your life. Anybody that I know who I've talked to has kind of gotten into it and they they kind of start small. Um I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I, I I've had so many weird hobbies in my life. And when uh, I first met my wife, a hobby that I was into was breeding fish. No, I well maybe you told me a little bit of this. Okay, maybe. so um, always something new with Mike. And and one of the things that when you breed fish, they when you are on the forums and stuff, it's like a common thing they they would say is the multi tank syndrome is MTS. And the idea was you started with a tank and you started with a few fish, and then it was like, well, I just i just i just need one more tank and then i could do this other thing and then before long i literally had a room in my house i owned a home in a place that i mean you could just buy huge property for very inexpensive and i had a, an entire room with it kind of looked like this room with racks in it and i just had tanks all like i would really? go really because you didn't tell me all this so so pet would do like the dollar a gallon tank sales several times a year so i would just buy like you know 20 tanks 20 10 gallon tanks or 20 20 gallon tanks and set them up, and I'd get them all going in my in this room. And the multi-tank syndrome, it's like the same thing. I think for reselling, it's the multi-toe syndrome, right? And the idea is like you can start with the one toe. You could start with the it's just in my my closet. And before long, it's your whole house. Before long, it's your kitchen cabinets like you've talked about, right? Like mm-hmm. so um you do have to find a place where can you make a living doing it? Yes. And for some people, like they're totally fine having their house completely consumed with it. But you can easily go from, because the scalability, if you really want to like be really big and make tons and tons of money, eventually you need to have a warehouse, you need to have employees, you need to go down that route. Mm -hmm. And if you try to just keep scaling and think it's going to be linear in your house, eventually if you're a one man, you know, show and you're trying to do it all and you're trying to, it's going to consume your life. It will absolutely consume your life. And so, yeah, I think there's a warning in that, but I also think that like for some people that's okay, that's what you're looking for. Um it's just trying to find that healthy balance and I think you've got to be realistic. Like if you want to make $50,000 a year, you could probably easily do that out of your house, one man show. If you're trying to make $300,000 a year, you're probably going to need to start looking at like, "All right, I need to I need a warehouse, I need to hire a couple employees. I I'm going to have bigger expenses." And if you think that you can just keep scaling as much as you can on a one person show, you're going to end up just burning out or ruining relationships and all of these things because, um, and that's one thing, I mean, almost no other business would do that, right? Like if if you started a restaurant, like you might start by saying like, yeah, I make this food and I sell it to my coworkers at work and I make a little extra money. Well, eventually if you wanna start a restaurant, you're gonna have to hire cooks, you're gonna have to get a place, you're gonna have, like you have to scale into that. And if you're trying to just do it all out of your house, like you're going to get to a point where it's just, it's, it's too much. So you got to find how much money are you really wanting to make and what's it going to take to get there. And I absolutely see why somebody could say, yeah, I can make a living doing this, but it's, am I working too much for the amount of money I'm making?
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I have mentioned before, I didn't think I'd be working as much as I was working, but at the same time, it it's okay with me because the time freedom I do get once, you know, th- there's the lulls and the time, but two takeaways I took from this. One is, understand that Poshmark as a platform, it's very different than eBay and Amazon, where Poshmark has 50 million users, but they're all domestic. On eBay, it's over 180 million users, and you also have global, right? So there's a lot more people to buy things and a lot easier ways to ship things out and to get those sales. And so, you know, I, I think I think this individual's, perspective would have been different if she tried to go full time on eBay. I, I 100% believe that because number one she wouldn't have to share. I think sharing is one of the biggest obstacles to Poshmark. I, I you know, I I know they're trying to be a social media thing and and so on, but you know when they started doing Poshmark stories, I don't even know what happened with Poshmark stories. Like I haven't heard of much. I I honestly have I have stuff cross-posted to Poshmark, but not much. It, it's because it just wasn't worth the effort I was putting into it. Uh, it would have been better if I had cross posted to maybe Mercari or maybe Depop. Uh, you know, if, for some of my vintage gear than, than Poshmark. So I'm I'm not you know I, I am throwing a little bit of shade on Poshmark, but I I think it's it's not it's not unjustified. I think I think we all have to have understanding of what platforms mean for people and uh for you know for many poshmark may be just a place to do a side hustle and that's okay. I know some people that do kill it on poshmark and make it full time. Right? And and they, they've done it very well. But I know a lot of people especially when covid hit, man, those sales tanked on poshmark where eBay and Amazon went the other way and just skyrocketed. So think that through. Uh, again, if you've been using Poshmark, have been working for you as a side hustle, keep doing it. Uh, if you're thinking about going full time, definitely think about adding other platforms outside of Poshmark. So, yeah. All right. Let's keep moving here.
0: Yeah. Bolo, 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 bolo. What's your bolo? Nice. You even had to like turn away so you weren't tempted to. Oh, no, I had to cough a little. Okay. Uh, you can't you can't do that. You can't cough. That's isn't not that loud. weird? Isn't that
1: weird? You know, I will tell you, though, coughing in lines when I'm doing retail arbitrage, like, I get pretty, like, whoa. Man.
0: Yeah, that's 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 like a threat. Um, have you seen, it's like a, a pretty funny meme that was going around, or I guess it technically isn't a meme because it's like a little video clip, but uh, if you ever watch the movie, it's great. Um, oh, gosh, I can't remember. It's got Steve Carell in it, and he's like, makes the little... The little um, mice. He turns them into whatever. There's a lot of movies, and There's he's the and family one. There's the 40 year old one. There's no, 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 no. And it's got the guy who who's um, from. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. The, the Vegas one. Where, where they go? Uh, gosh, I'm so bad with movie names. It's Chevy Chase. No.
1: <laughs> I mean. Okay, so we got Beautiful Boy. We got Irresistible. We got Welcome to Marwin. We got Vice. We got The Big Short. Uh, there's there's a lot of movies in that I've never heard of. Okay, so yeah, I don't think Anchorman. No, no, Get
0: Smart. No, it's one where like where. <laughs> Let us know in the comments. No, I'm just joking. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So he's like a really weird guy, and he makes mice thing, and and he gets invited to this thing of like where they basically to show off freaks. Anyways, uh, it, it's it's a hilarious <laughs> movie. But there's a part where the guy from um the uh The Hangover the the one with the baby that puts a baby in the front you know what I'm talking about between yeah. two ferns that guy yeah, yeah, where uh where they're meeting in the office and he's like laughing but his laugh is like super weird and it's like this like <coughs> he's like his face is turning red and it looks like he's holding in a cough and it's like me holding in a cough during COVID right and like okay, your face okay. yeah, yeah so yeah so anyways that was the worst punchline or or try to lead up to something funny but but yeah like that's what it's like when you're trying to hold in a cough nowadays right because you're like oh no people are gonna think that you know I'm dying and I'm going to kill you. Nah, but
1: the other day I was in line. This guy was just like hacking it. And everybody's like giving the look like somebody. I know somebody at one point was gonna be like, why don't you just leave, bro? Like I, I was waiting for somebody to say something. I just I left. I, I literally watched somebody pull
0: their mask down and sneeze. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think you understand. But
1: But you know, but it's true, though. I mean, sneezing in a mask. It's horrible.
0: <laughs> well, I, I get horrible. that. It's horrible. I get that. But but it wasn't even like I'm now gonna do the vampire sneeze. Right? <laughs> I it thought was it was a like dab. You know, no, no, no. no Yeah. Why yeah. is the vampire it's sneeze? It's the, whoa, 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 like where you like the vampire like. Okay, lifts if, you're, the, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you need to come yeah, over to YouTube. It's, you don't it's don't the dab sneeze. About. But um, but yeah, no, just straight up pull it down and then sneeze in a Costco, right? And I'm like, I don't. You don't understand what what the whole point is of this, uh. But. uh but anyways, um so what's my bolo?, uh, my bolo is sleeping bags. Okay. And this is a weird one, right? Because I would have like like used shoes. I would not imagine sleeping bags would be a oh, good. Okay, I see what you're going. With but this. um i I bought a used sleeping bag at a garage sale a long time ago and I never listed it. Um, and finally, I was going through my death pond. I'm like, I need to list this thing and I look it up and I knew I got it because I knew it was a good sleeping bag and had a couple stains on it, so I tried to clean off some of the stains Ooh. and I, I took pictures of them. It wasn't like terrible but I, th- I probably paid like $5 for this sleeping bag and I sold it for, it was like a hundred dollars. No, you're right. You're right. That's a good Bolo yeah. because especially the camping one. Yep. the Thermal one. Yeah. So, so the specific ones you want to look for that, the, the one I sold was a Kelty down. Uh, so down the the feathers. And I think it was like a, 23 degree Fahrenheit rated sleeping bag. And it was the mummy one, right? So, uh, you want to look for, when you're looking for sleeping bags, when when I was a kid and you'd go to camps or whatever, you'd always get the cheap Coleman ones from Walmart. And they, they didn't, they just were like a square, right. Or like a rectangle. And the ones that are really good are the ones that are more shaped like a human being and they have the hood and you want down, right? So I've been to a few thrift stores since I sold that. And I, you know, they've got like their bedding hung up and now I occasionally look through and I see a lot of sleeping bags and I've found multiple down, you know, sometimes it's oh. REI, sometimes it's Kelty and they're usually pretty low priced and they, they sell typically between 40 to a hundred dollars used. And if you're getting them for five bucks, like that's not a bad deal because they, they tend to just lump all sleeping bags together. But there's a huge difference between the Coleman ones that are just like 10 bucks at Walmart. Or the ones that are like, this is meant for camping. And the other thing too with sleeping bags is they're rated at different temperatures. So different seasons, different t- different bags are going to sell. So um, seasonal items are really big and just knowing like, hey, it's, it's okay. Like if this one is, it's not like the lower it's rated, the better it's going to sell. It's not like, well, this one's a 15 degree rated one. So it's going to sell better than one that's a 30 degree or a 40 degree. Well, sometimes people don't want a 15 degree rated one if it's, you know, a little bit warmer. So don't think that like just the degree matters, but material matters right down is going to be really big. And then um, the shape of it's going to matter. So uh, do a little bit of research on sleeping bags that sell. And, you know, we talked about blankets and I was kind of like, oh, people buy used blankets. And I'm kind of surprised that people buy used sleeping bags, especially because a lot of them, when you read the thing, you can't wash them. It's like, don't, especially if they're down, it's like, hand wash with a cloth and hang dry, right? So yeah. this isn't like you're just disinfecting it and throwing it in a washing machine, but people will still buy them. So pick up some sleeping bags.
1: So funny that you said, ew, about my blankets, but you're making like, sleeping bags, but this is this it. is This is relatively new. It's recent. <laughs> okay. It's good though. It's good. I forgot about sleeping bags. I haven't picked up a sleeping bag in a while. All right, so my bolo isn't even close to good as Mike's, but it's—I'm just keeping it real. Like workout apparel, anything workout—it's time to pick them up. You know, we're going into lockdowns again. California has been shut down. New York is being shut down. Who knows what else is being shut down? You know, my heart goes out to all you gym owners and so on. I, I'm a big fan of like if if one of the big deterrents. <laughs> is being in shape and I'm speaking from a person that's not in shape. I mean, I haven't been to the gym in seven months. Mm. And there was a time where I was going to the gym every day and I was lifting and I, and I hate, I hate talking about health cause I'm not as best in my health, but I was motivated. I was moving. I mean, I was doing weights. I was, you know, hitting the steam room. I was, and then you know, then I started, I had to buy my own weights. I had to get bands. I had to do all this. So I went hiking with Mike. You know, I started hiking on my own. But, you know, with all that going on, like, I, those that stuff is going to be high. And it's already selling. I've already been selling weights and stuff all over again. And it, it's, I don't know if it's going to be at the same velocity as it was in the beginning. Because, obviously, a lot of people probably already have weights, right, from the first go-round. But, you know, <clears throat> we have a different situation out because we have January where usually people go to gyms anyways, right? Cause start a new year. You know, you want to get in shape. It's your new year's resolution. And so all that stuff is going to be hot again, whether it be workout apparel, like leggings or, you know, uh, stuff to go running or running shoes or all the way from the practical to weights, you know, uh, fat loss monitors, all those kind of things.
0: Hiking backpacks.
1: I just sold one of those again. Yeah. Hiking back, any of that stuff. So, I know it's super wide bolo, but you know, don't discount what happened the first go round because they may be even bigger because it's January.
0: Yeah. And start of the year. Yeah. January, New Year's resolutions. And obviously weight loss is a good one there. But think of other things too. Like um, a lot of people say, I'm going to journal this year. Right. And so certain mm-hmm. types of journals get big and, and certain huh. types of stationery, right? Like you, you talked about in the last episode your pins, right? Yeah. Might be worth lifting it up a little more because a lot of times when people like I'm gonna journal this year, they want good stationary and nice pins, right? Like they they want to have better quality stuff and just not just like a big ballpoint pen with a, you know, three ring binder. They want like something nicer. So think of things that people decide they want to do for a new year, something that's like this is a goal. And what accessories can you attach along with that? And those are going to be bolos. And there you go. Yeah. Dinner for schmucks is the name <sighs> of the movie. Have you ever seen Dinner for Schmucks? I have not. Oh, you've got to see it. It is one of see. It, I can't see Steve Carell outside of Michael Scott. And I'm t- well, trust me. Dinner for Schmucks is, is one of my one of my favorites. Like the, the only movies. person
1: that's been able to cross over is John Kaczynski. I think that's his name. You know, Jim, mm. I, Jim became Jack Ryan, mm-hmm. and Jack Ryan is a phenomenal show, right? Yeah. But Every once in a while he gives that gym look and I'm like, wait a second.
0: Well, 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 Dinner for Schmucks, he's uh he's very similar to his Michael Scott, but a, a little bit more awkward. So it's not like he's trying to play a different role. But uh right. but yeah, dinner for schmucks, it's pretty funny. But yeah, there's a there's a good scene in that one with the coughing. All right, so <laughs> transitioning from that, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to watching Dinner for Schmucks. Um <laughs> just kidding. Um, but really I probably will watch that this week because it is that good. Um, I want to wind down. So I know that, that it's kind of the opposite of what we've been talking about, what, what you're kind of encouraging. And I think a lot of resellers are winding up right now. Um, and I know that as we get a little bit closer to Christmas, only people for are, a few more days. Yeah. And then, and then you'll wind down, but I'm looking, I'm looking forward to a couple of weeks off of work, a couple of weeks of actually not sourcing super hard, not listing super hard and just, just kind of enjoying holiday seasons, right? Because this, this, COVID time has made the holiday time just so different as it is. I just want to have, you know, a little bit of tranquility, a little bit of peace and recognize part of what reselling has allowed me to do is to have some extra money and finances and freedom. And part of that freedom is to not always go as hard, right? So I'm going to kind of just relax a little bit. I'm still going to, as things sell, I'm still going to be shipping. I'm still going to be, you know, taking care of business, but I'm kind of looking forward to just relaxing. You know, because that's one of the benefits of reselling is it gives you that time with your family and capitalize on it now. Because I don't think anybody's going to get to their deathbed and say, I wish I made a few more sales. Right. Uh, But you might say, I wish I spent a little bit more time with my family.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to be doing the same thing. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I want to travel. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to happen. But, you know, I, I actually had a trip planned for Hawaii. And then I think, isn't it mandatory quarantine if you go to Hawaii? I don't know if it's, I haven't looked it into it, but I ended up canceling because at the time I was going to, I was like, whoa, 14 days. Like I can't do 14 days. So, but before that happens, I'm going to keep going on the road for the next three, four days and keep sourcing for Merchant Fulfilled. And I'm going to be boosting my eBay with the, you know, help from my helper. Uh, And so hopefully I'm in a good place when January hits. Uh, I'm actually going to spend some time in January, end of uh, December, Hey, I know I'm not going to do that. I was going to say I'm going to spend some time organizing. Eh, I'm not going to organize. I'm going to take it easy. I I can't. I'm going to hit things hard for the next three, four days. And then we're off. And by the way, for the podcast, right, we're going to have some mini episodes. Right. So we we were going to do like the compilation of Bolo episodes and compilation of interviews. Uh, but, you know, we we still want to we still want to record. Is that what we're doing? Yes.
0: Yeah, so we're probably going to do some mini episodes for the next couple of weeks. In fact, this might uh, be the last episode before uh before we drop start dropping our mini so so uh expect the typical drops right so our, our monday Thursday so we're still drop. dropping stuff yes yeah, so we're still gonna be dropping but they're gonna be probably closer to, to 30 minute episodes and more like like very focused right so instead of like you know some people love the ramble some people love the fact that we kind of just talk about stories and this um uh, but I, I think it's going to be a little bit more focused like hey, here's like a some, a couple of interesting stories of the past year, or here's something that like uh, a practical thing that we're doing in our business. So it's going to be like really short, practical uh, mini sods, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy them.
1: Yeah. I th- it'll, it'll still be fresh new content. That's right. So that's what I'm happy about. So yeah. And we still got to level up in there somewhere. <laughs> we got to drop. So, but we'll see what happens. But hey, We're still at the height of Q4. There's a few more days. Keep going hard, but spend time with your family and your loved ones because Mike is right. Ultimately, that's what's going to matter. So with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Ladies.